Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. All I ever wanted was a little love. I want true romance. It's true. Hello, and welcome to the True Romance Podcast. This is Carolina Barlow. This is Devin Leary, and this is the last time I will be recorded on an episode at the age of 31. The next episode, I'll be at the age of 32. I will be at the age of 32. Um, Devin had a birthday party last night. I did. And, you know, like, before we start the podcast, Cookie's literally sitting on the Zoom looking so cute like my little assistant. And now he's biting and tearing the wires apart. Um, Cookie? Oh, Cookie. You are evil. Um, Oh, my God. Um, Yeah, I had a birthday party. It was, like, fun in the sense that it's, like, you know, I think human beings are animals. And as my mom always says, for domesticated animals, the biggest struggle is often just boredom and you have to stimulate them. And so technically, as she says, even conflict is stimulation for animals. Um, this came from the fact that I said I was sad that I thought one of my family dogs, Eddie, was having a hard time because they got a puppy and he didn't like her. And my mom said, at least he has like conflict that's like entertaining him. So in that sense, my party was fun because I was stimulated by constant fear that I was saying the wrong thing and that I looked bad and was bloated because I ate a hot dog that could have been cross-contaminated with gluten. And I have a disability called celiac disease recognized by the national government. And so then I'm bloated in my skims skirt, by the way, already spilled ginger ale all over the skirt before everyone even got there. And it's just like spilling and falling as an adult is just embarrassing. Like you're like, yeah, I did something humiliating. I'm glad the whole bar is looking over here. I walked into a glass door at like a huge agency in Los Angeles and the the whole floor was silenced by it. So I, I do under, I, I am one of you. I understand what you're talking about. This is me relating to you. Yeah. It's just like, great. So I guess I've taken a huge step back in terms of any progress I've made. So yeah, I mean, I guess it's like I've always been a birthday party person. And my question is, for what? For what? Why do I do that? 
But I'm also so grateful for my family and friends, everyone who came out, everyone who said something. Um, and my real birthday is Tuesday and wait, next Tuesday and the 27th. So if you don't send me a happy birthday, that's gonna that's gonna leave a mark. But that's gonna sting. Not gonna lie. I did tell Devin that I was going to fly out to New York to surprise her this weekend, but um the harsh reality of finances um, came in the way of that plan, mainly because I um, am a giant and it's really uncomfortable for me to be on planes unless I fly first class. Can I afford to fly first class? No. Do I fly first class sometimes? Yes. Is what? that a crazy thing to spend money on? I know. It's so nuts. I had a great experience flying first class about a year ago where I sat right next to the toilet on JetBlue, flying JetBlue Mint. And um, the girl, it was pretty disgusting. Like we heard everyone flush. And then the no. girl next to me said, excuse me, to the flight attendant. <laughs> the flight attendant came over and the girl was like, hey, I just want to let you know it smells like shit over here. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I was like, okay, I hate when people say anything to servers or anyone in the service industry in any capacity that they can't help with. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, what is she going to do? Like restructure the plane for us? And she was like, I'm never flying this airline again, first class. And it's like, oh yeah, the flight attendant is going to have a real problem with that. She's going to talk to corporate. Okay. I'm going to say some stuff that might get me in trouble, but since I'm an artist of the recording variety, I think like it's my place to be like controversial. And say my opinion. Yeah. I want to disrupt the norm. So I'm flying to Seattle and I see an elderly man in a tank top, like elderly, <laughs> three syllables, in a tank top and a hat that said U.S. veteran. And I said, this guy is going to be trouble. Like, this guy is going to be trouble. He's walking. And then once it's like time to get on the plane, he needs a wheelchair. I said, this guy's going to be trouble. I don't know what the trouble was at first, because first he caused some sort of disruption where we couldn't like get on the plane like they like loaded him in you know before the other passengers and something happened and it was like there's like some sort of disruption and we can't get in people were acting like something was wrong i'm like whatever then we get there and they say over the intercom we have to make an emergency landing for a medical issue so of course i'm you know human nature the voyeur looking left and right i'm like what is the medical issue like what's happening i don't see any hubbub like where you're what's going on and the old guy shit his pants though so basically the old guy had an oxygen machine and he thought that he could charge it on the plane and you can't charge an oxygen machine on the plane because it's like an insane medical device that takes six hours to fully charge and like uses so much power so it in a sense and he was there with his daughter or something. It's like, in a sense, it's like kind of on her that why didn't she look that up? Like, you can't just be like, well, I'm really like my source of life is actually about to die <laughs> and go blank. Well, that's I, how I feel when I don't have a charger to my phone. So I actually can identify. But you would. But would you ever get on a plane with an almost dead phone, not knowing whether you'd be able to charge? No, 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 exactly. no. Have I done that? Yes. Well, should I? Would I like to do that? No. Now that I'm an adult, I don't do that. So it just was a kind of thing of like, I don't know what it's like to have an oxygen machine. But to, to me, that's like human error. And when they start, when they make the emergency landing and they're like unloading the person who's caused this, I said, it's going to be the elderly man in the tank top U.S. veteran. And it was him. And but that being said, I was sitting next to two people who were totally great. But one of them was like 
clearly like a corporate businesswoman for Starbucks, the industry, like the business. And she was on a Zoom the whole flight. I'm like, how are you even on a Zoom? And she's like putting up numbers on the Zoom about like Starbucks numbers. I was like, I don't even know how you're doing that. I'm like trying to write one page on final draft and being like, you know what? I hate myself and I hate my career and I'll never be able to do this. But um, I'm just going to go on Revolve and see what's new because I'm a failure. Um, so basically we land because of that guy, but actually it was like miraculous how fast it all happened. Like I was like, oh my God, they were like, we could be here for three hours. And then within like 10 minutes, they're like, we're ready to get back up. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. The woman behind me had chosen to bring her small dog in a carrier on the plane. And I relate, like I brought Cookie on a plane and I was very nervous. Like, does he have to use the bathroom? He's cramped in a small space. But again, that's not the flight attendant's fault. So the woman kept being like, um, excuse me, um, excuse me. Do, do you know how long it's going to be? And the flight attendant's like, well, actually, it's only going to be we're not even going to be late because initially we were scheduled to land early and now we're just going to land on time. And she's like, oh, exactly. Initially, we we're scheduled to land early. So I was expecting to land early and now we're going to land late. And the flight attendant's like, yeah, I mean, we're really doing the best like we can. And she's like, I have a small animal with me. And she's like. <laughs> Is there any way, like, I, I, is there a relief area at this, like, place or whatever, like, for the dogs? And the flight attendant goes, I'm actually not sure. And she's like, well, I am. I've been to this airport before, and there's a relief area. I'm going to take my dog to the relief area. And the flight attendant's like, see, if you do that, like, it might hold up the flight even more because you would have to go, like, back through security. And she's like, ah, well, okay, well, I hope he's okay. I mean, I hope he's okay. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, this is your choice to bring an animal on the plane. Now you're putting it on this woman who it has nothing to do with. Like, it's just so, I was just, like, people suck. Like, people suck. I have a friend's friend who had a dog on a plane that had diarrhea on the flight. Diarrhea got on the person next to her. Stop. Yes. Yes. Stop. Yes. Stop. She took her dog into the restroom, held it on her lap, and cried until the flight landed. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Is this your friend? Their dog had the diarrhea? My friend's friend. Okay. Wait, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? Wait. So she just went in the, cause she was so embarrassed. She went in the bathroom. She was like, because it was like diet poop everywhere. So she just went to the bed. It's like to spare the rest of the custom, like the rest of the passengers. I'm so overwhelmed. I know I am too. I literally won't. After hearing that story, I was like, great. Thank you for letting me know that I will never take a dog on a plane just out of the 1% risk that that happens. How long was the fight? I don't know anything about it. All I know is poop. I want true romance. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just 
disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So on a different note, need to go on another date. I went on my New Year's resolution was to go on a date this year. I did it. It was a dud. I need to go on another one because, and this is what I wanted to mention. I don't want to just keep on saying that I need to go on a date, but I wanted to mention that the idea of someone kissing me is like horrific. Really? Like, like I'm so scared of it. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like I won't know what to do. Interesting. You're definitely going to know like, what to do. sexless. Like, I feel like Barbie. You need to meet someone that you have a spark with and you will be awoken. Okay. I'll a trust spark, you on that. There's not. Let me say one thing. As someone who is feeling a spark now that I have not on record, have not felt in years, it is like I'm constantly like, oh, my God, this is what this was like. Like, oh, that's what this was like. It's like we have forgotten. It's been I think you and I probably felt last felt a spark at the same time. Because you're right. And it was so long ago. It's like, I thought I knew what that felt like, but I was often like, I don't even know, like questioning my sexuality, even like being like, what do I even like about this? Like, none of this makes any sense. I hate this. And now I'm like, oh my God, this is what it is. Okay. This gives me hope because I was really, I had a thought yesterday of some guy kissing me and I was like, Ooh. Um, but I do want to say that I do feel a spark with our current bachelor, Joey. I have been, we have been watching this show. We've been watching The Bachelorette and The Bachelor. I have sat through some of the most boring hours of television that the universe has to offer. And like you say, Devin, you know, as a loyal Bravo viewer, you have gone through thick and thin with some of these shows. You've watched the bad seasons of Summer House. You've watched you know, the unremarkable seasons of Roni. 
And then you get these rewards once in a while. Once in a while, you get, you know, the Scandaval season of Vanderpump Rules. Yeah. Which I swear to God, I've seen twice all the way through and I could watch it a third time because it's yes. that fascinating. You know, and so right now we're having to watch the most fucking weird, boring season of Vanderpump Rules I've ever seen that's so heavily produced. It's sometimes hard to watch, but I'll pay for it. Like, I'll wait for another good season. Yes. So that's how I feel like I am getting my reward right now with Joey's bachelor season because we finally have an attractive male. We have an attractive male who has like good character. Like when the girls are doing embarrassing challenges, AKA when there was a game where they had all of these sausages on like a tetherball pole flying in the air and the girls had to catch them with their mouths. And the girl, you know, the random... Italian woman who's uh, doing this goes like, Joey, you stand over here. And he was like, I'm not going to let them do this alone. No, I'm going to do it with them. And that seems small. You know, sometimes we are always amazed at where the bar is for men, but it still was so much better than the bachelors we've had in the past. I'm yeah. looking at pilot Pete that I was astonished. Pilot Pete once had girls in a pillow fight and he yelled at them. How bad do you want it? Oh, and then we cut to Joey, who, when the girls are working out, he is working out with them. He's doing push-ups with them. He's helping them push tires over these little weak revolve models, and he's helping them. He's just a good guy. He asks follow-up questions. He asks, he says, I remember you said you were from Tennessee. He's remembering things about these girls. He again seems like bare minimum, but seems like bare minimum. But I have never seen a man ask follow up questions. Nick Vile is that how you pronounce his last name? <laughs> it's Vial, but I like that you said Vile. Nick Vial was saying that Joey is like a people pleaser and that he's not sending girls home on one on ones. And I'm like, I don't care. He's connecting with these women. Yes. He's gotten in trouble for not being very intelligent. Now, let me say something about that, though. Go ahead. I, I guess we're, we're, we're referring to the fact that he thought Gypsy Rose was Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Okay. These are just things like. And yes, he called a city that was, you know, founded in 1500 BC. Uh, okay, but he when said you it had old school footage, vibes. When you see this footage. Yes, the headlines are bad when the headlines are bad. But when you see this footage, it's like, yeah, he's walking around the city. He's like, yeah, it's got kind of an old school vibe. I don't know. Like, you just say things sometimes. And I'm not the brightest bulb sometimes either. I know. Can you imagine if people went through this podcast pulling apart things we said? I'm sure there's words that we've used that aren't words. I'm sure we've, you know, mistaken some Supreme Court candidates. (laughs) You know what? Come for us. Listen to every single episode and cancel us on a public forum. Please. Please. No, please. We could use it. I could use a good cancellation. Actually, I could not. Literally one person criticizing me will like send me to a psych ward. But in any case, right now there's drama on The Bachelor because it's actually incredible drama because it came out of nothing. This girl named Medina is 31 years old. So she's dealing with what you're dealing with, Devin, which is aging. Yeah, I'm currently in that process. I don't know about you guys, but I'm currently in the aging process. And also let me say... Let me say one thing, which is that I'm like, I'm coming off w- watching all of the new Love is Blind in 24 hours, and I'm like trying to catch up on The Bachelor, and I'm like, this is so snooze fest. 
and my romantic interest was actually here and he kept saying like asking questions and I was like I don't know I don't know who they are I don't know what they're doing I don't know what they're talking about he's like wait why does everyone not like Maria I'm like I don't know she seems fine to me she seems fine to me so that is like the invisible crisis is like what's the problem with Maria to quote how do, how do you solve, solve a problem like Maria? Yeah. Um, and Medina at one point said, I'm 31 and I'm insecure about that. Devin, you can identify. And no, I can't because I'm 32 almost now. I know. So like you, almost, you're you again, almost. you're 31 plus as Pat Regan says. Yes. And quote unquote behind Medina's back, but it doesn't matter because this is nothing says, why does she feel insecure? I don't feel, I don't think that's old. A little girl named Sydney, who owns a vintage clothing store, says, I heard Maria talking shit. Medina's my girl. And I don't find that behavior to be okay. This becomes the whole season. This little tiff. You, I want something real. I want something juicy. I want, you know, like, but all of a sudden, Sydney calls Maria a bully she compl- she keeps on confronting Joey about it. Sydney ends up going home and then like her villain crown is taken over by Leah, who famously Leah was given a card at like when Joey was announced as bachelor and um she was named as one of the contestants. Cut to her first night there. She reads the card and it says this card gives you the power to take any one-on-one date over. She cries. She cries. And is like, I just would never want to like treat a woman badly like that. Cut to she's like the meanest girl I've ever seen. She's being so mean to Maria. And this is the problem with Maria. Maria is hot. Maria is like one of the hottest girls I've ever seen. Like I, I like stare at her and I like follow her on Instagram and like stare at pictures of her. Cause I'm just like blown away by her body and how hot she is. And Joey is like into her and I think the girls are just freaking out about it, which is so sad because it's truly, you know, I mean, I was going to say it's like taking women's, you know, rights back, but let's be honest, like the show we're watching is like with girls yelling Joey over a balcony, like that can't be good for women's rights either. So who's to say, but, um, Maria seems like she's vying i think she's being very smart and i think she's vying to be the next bachelorette but what was what was leia upset at her over like i that's what i was really nothing literally sydney got sent home the girl who initially had a huge problem with maria who was being so insane and both leah and sydney's instagrams got like i actually like love going through their instagrams and seeing all the crazy shit people write because people are so impassioned by this and Leah is just like, obviously it's been a hard day because Maria's here. And it's like, there's nothing this girl has ever done except again, be very, very attractive. Yeah. So I don't know. And then there's a girl named Jess who I like her because she gives alcoholic vibes. Um, and the Southern one. Yeah, totally. And she calls Maria a bitch because Maria basically got time with joey even though she already had a rose that so, is fair i mean but they all do that fair and love and war yes and we're gonna see so much more of it which i'm so excited by but i will say joey is like the one person in the public eye who i felt like oh i could find a sp- i think he could find a spark with anyone because he's just like 
so nice. You could literally tell him like, oh, and then I killed my whole family. And he would be like, oh, I love that. Yeah. He's like, that's just a part of, and that's just a part of you. And he's like, I'm right here. You can cry. He's like, I'm glad you got to let me know you better today because I just think that's beautiful. And that's like people being people like that. And that's you. And like now I all I wanted is to get to know you better. Remember when Taisha, that guy literally was like, I almost tried to commit suicide. And she was like, that's all I wanted you to tell me. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Someone was like, she's like, thanks. Finally. Yeah. And thanks a lot. (laughs) Finally. Took you long enough. someone online was like joey has no trauma to give back to these girls right like there there's no trauma exchange here you know but i kind of disagree because i've seen his mom at hometowns and i'm telling you guys that's when things are going to start to look a little different where the the mom's going to come back for like the family shit and you're going to be like oh yeah she's in love with him and this is this is not all fucking daisies and roses it really isn't. You guys Speaking thought this of, was all daisies and roses? Well, it's not. The world gets real. Remember Tasha's season again? I mean, it would be hard for any of us to forget. But remember Tasha's season when they all had to meet in that like hotel because it was still COVID? It was like during and the worst part of COVID. And they were all sweating so much. Like whatever production did, they didn't turn down the air. So they're meeting these parents and everyone is sweating through their clothes, like literally like droplets down their face. It was the craziest thing ever. I know. And also that season, they were like, okay, well, we can't like do actual real dates. So it's like, let's meet at a cardboard cutout of a taxi cab. And like, here's a book I brought from my apartment and I Clorox wiped it, but I saved it for you. It's like, what? Meanwhile, remember we were talking about that season and I was like, well, I'm not going to talk about the fact that I dated Zach. So don't bring it up. And we're interviewing Beth and Carolina goes, so do you guys have like, are there any guys this season that you guys would be attracted to? I forgot about that. And I go, go, Carolina. Good one. Good question. I don't know. Oh, those are the days. That really got me through a lot. I just gone through a breakup. Finding out that Devin's ex-boyfriend was going to be on The Bachelorette. I was like, okay, I needed this. You know, like, it's the little things that keep us going. I want true Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. 
with the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And speaking of the little things that keep us going. Go on. I'm on Instagram this week. I'm like, why is Chelsea from Love is Blind posting a picture of herself at her Love is Blind wedding? And the caption is like, what I would tell her if I could talk to her now. And it's like this long thing. I'm like, that's weird. And then I go to work and my coworker says, did you watch the new season of Love is Blind? I said... If God is a DJ, life is a dance floor, love is the rhythm, and you are the music, you meaning Love is Blind season six. So I proceed to spend 24 hours completely enveloped, invested. I mean, actually, to be honest, like I watch so much reality TV and it's like I don't watch paying attention. I'm like on Zillow, I'm on my phone, I'm like I'm like doing committing tax fraud, like watch it doing all this stuff while I'm watching it. And um this season of Love is Blind, I couldn't look away. Captivated. Is this UK or American? American. I don't even know if there is UK. I know there's Sweden, but I always think about watching Sweden and then I'm like, there are subtitles and like not to be a Joey, (laughs) but like do I have the capacity for that? I'm not sure. And also, like, it's like, okay, I can see why, like, w- watching a true faux film is, like, worth it for the subtitles. But it's like watching Love is Blind with subtitles is like, all right, it's a lot of reading for something like that. But I basically needed subtitles for this new season of American because it's very confusing. So it takes place in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's, like, the city they're doing it in. And I thought that that was, like, a metropolis Like, you would think that they're literally filming this in, like, Britney Spears' hometown, like, wherever that was, where it's, like, bumblefuck nowhere. And uh, literally everyone's, like, been married twice in high school. Like, they're like, yep, I've been married, and then I was divorced because he was my sweetheart. But then when we got a little older, we realized that's not really going to be how it is. And I'm like, what? I'm like, wait, this is Charlotte. Like, I don't know. I'm just like, there's, like, 
conventions there. Like, I don't, what's happening? So that was interesting. And there's like a lot of like biblical stuff and a lot of like, like, again, like it is just fascinating to hear someone say on national television that they consider themselves conservative and also <laughs> are an OnlyFans model. I don't know. I'm just like, okay, so th- these are people in this world. Um, no, she actually said she's not an OnlyFans model, but she has like a tick- huge TikTok following and like gets DMs from a lot of men. I'm like, all right, but you like don't believe. She d- said she doesn't believe in abortion except for special circumstances. So that's like the kind of tough stuff to stomach this season. There's a couple. So there's a love triangle with like three of the. I'm sorry. Again, I just have to be controversial, as the kids would say, but like three of like the dumbest people that I have ever seen do anything. One of them has a mullet and like basically. So it's this girl, Chelsea, and she is. Oh, actually, it'd be interesting to know what her job is. I don't know what her job is. But she did go viral for saying that she looks like Megan Fox, which let's just say I wouldn't comment on this if it wasn't like the whole fucking point is that you don't see what people look like. Like, that's the whole point. And she's like and there was a guy this season who got in trouble and got like flack for asking the girl that he really likes to tell him what she looks like, which is like fucked up. And she said, no, like she's like, that's not the point of the the experiment. Meanwhile, Chelsea keeps like trying to tell the men what she looks like and like. Sorry, but it's like Megan Fox is Megan Fox. Like, I don't know anyone who looks like her. And also, like, she has, like, crazy plastic surgery. Like, just why would you say that? Why would you say that? You know what I mean? Like, you would think you would want to, like, set expectations lower. So then at the big reveal where you literally on national television have to be revealed from behind a frosted glass wall and come out, you're really going to set it up by saying, by the way, I look like Megan Fox. Everyone tells me I look like her. Like, just say... I don't even know what's an example. Like, just say nothing because that's the point. <laughs> so she's telling people she looks like Megan Fox. She's talking about her appearance. She's like, I am a flight attendant and I've been to 18 occupational schools. And everyone who dates me has to like be okay with the fact that I travel all the time. But she is literally tickled pink at everything everyone says. Like a guy is like, I picked up a rock by the beach once. And she's like, oh my God, oh my God, that's so funny that's so funny because i love rocks like that's how she is and so she's trying to choose between a man with a mullet who literally she's like so what makes you happy in life and he goes uh dogs i like looking at dogs and it's like that's what that is and i relate but it's like yeah but there's nothing more going on there got it he gives her a rock that says love as like they're supposed to give each other gifts and she actually gave him a really cute gift which is like she got this bracelet that you can like touch and it vibrates on the other person's hand so she's like oh well now when we're not in the pods together we can press this and know we're thinking of each other and he gave her a rock that says love he says he brought it from home and he's mo- it's like something you buy at like Rite Aid. It's like literally a smooth rock that says the word love on it. It's like a Valentine's like bad Valentine's Day gift. And he's like, I have moved several times and brought this rock with me. And I don't know why. But right before I came on this experiment, I realized that it says love kind of like Braille and Braille <laughs> blind. OK, so love is blind. Get it. And she's like, oh, my yes, God. yes, 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 yes. So this is that kind of thing. And then meanwhile, her love triangle connects with this other guy, Jimmy, she's been talking to is also talking to this woman, Jess, who is my number. Well, actually, AD is was my number one fave. But then since then, there's been a couple things where I'm like, really? 
And then Jess is my other number one fave. She's a mom and she's really funny and sweet. And like, I really hope that my opinion of her doesn't change when the new episodes come out. But I was just really rooting for her. She seemed like really grounded and she but the her biggest downfall was she chose to like this guy, Jimmy, who fucking sucks and is just like a human toe. I mean, he did say a couple things that were vulnerable that made me think like, oh, like they talked about like adopting kids. And like, I thought like, OK, maybe this is interesting. But um, he she tells him she has a kid and basically like he's like, I'm definitely going to choose the easy way out and go with Chelsea, who said she looks like Megan Fox and doesn't care about anything, basically. So there, there's that love triangle. Then there's A.D. who is talking to this guy, Clay, who's kind of a fuck boy who asked her what she looks like. But then she's also talking to this guy, Matthew, who immediately there's like a montage of him at the beginning where every conversation he like immediately leaves because he's like, this is making me uncomfortable. Like people are like, so like, how long have you been single? And he's like, OK, I'm, I have to go. This is making me <laughs> I, like, I do this. Like, and whoa. He, yeah, he's like, whoa, I, my dentist hey, said I can't chew gum. Goodbye. He's like, wait, what do you mean by that? But then he like eventually it the way they presented it at first is like then he starts talking to A.D. and she's able to break down his walls and then he becomes vulnerable and talks to her about how he's so different and interesting and caring. And they're like talking about really whatever. I don't I don't even remember, but they're talking about vulnerable things. And he's like, I want to propose to you, but I would want to ask your father's permission before I ask you to marry me. And she's like well, my dad's dead, so I don't think he would have much to say about it. Ha ha. <laughs> and he's like, oh, and he's like, well, basically, I'm saying, like, would you leave this process with me? Like, I would I want to marry you, but like, I don't want to do it in this process. Like, I would you leave with me? And she's like overwhelmed. Like, she's like, oh, my God, this is so romantic. He's like, you could draw me a map of where to find you and we find each other. She goes back to the women's quarters. And would you not believe that another girl is talking? And she's like, I've been talking to this one guy. And he said, like, he wants to ask my dad's permission if he's going to marry me. So he wants me to draw a map so he can find me. Oh, so my that is God. where the science of women starts to take place where they're all like surrounding each other. They're like in a huddle. They're like, oh, hell no, hell no, hell no. Basically, the girl, one of the girls decides to leave. She's like, you know what? I'm actually leaving. Like, fuck this process. I'm going home. And then ad is like i'm not leaving i'm gonna go with clay because i'm in a love triangle and then she like confronts matthew and he's like america is gonna have an opinion about this and she's like what and then he's like i'm gonna go find the other girl so meanwhile jimmy tells jess that he's not he's like i'm not gonna tell you i love you because i'm not telling anyone in this process i love them and i still haven't made a decision i don't know then he immediately goes and tells chelsea he loves her and he wants to be with her so then jess is two times science of women takes place again they're huddling they're taking care of each other they're like jess you need to leave jess leaves they all go on their honeymoons and the thing that's interesting about the honeymoons is that i feel like all the women immediately are like wait this guy's annoying as fuck like there's it's always like footage of them getting right. to the hotel and the men are like jumping on the beds and like jumping in the water and being like, I'm a baby. Woo. And they're like, oh, shit. What did I just do? Like, what did I just do? But then as like the episodes progress, it becomes a thing where it's like the men are just not good people because like, again, like what kind of straight man wants to go on a reality show where they get married? A bad one, a disturbed one. So. 
the drama becomes like instead of it being like these women being like actually i'm like really amazing and interesting and these men suck ass they're like all right how do i make it work with this guy how do i make it work and every single one of them is showing so many red flags like jimmy immediately him and chelsea go i mean he is like which is sort of fair says like well chelsea lied to me about her appearance because she said she looks like megan fox (laughs) and she doesn't and that stuff but also he like goes to this like barbecue thing with like all the couples and immediately starts hitting on this girl ad and something that's interesting is i think you can see the like manipulation i don't think he's doing it on purpose but like all he keeps saying to chelsea is i'm happier than any other guy here i'm more attracted to you than any other guy here is attracted to someone i it's like all like so exaggerated it's like just be a person and like have a normal conversation so she's like i just kind of felt lonely because you were like talking to all the other girls at the barbecue and you were like making compliments about like women's appearance which is fine but like just check in with me and he's like, I'm more attracted to you than anyone. I'm this, I'm that. I'm what, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? And so that's a sinister situation. And basically when it was, my friend who watched it was like, I'm not rooting for anyone. And the one thing I disagree with is, and this is tough. There is a couple that's extremely religious. One of them, he's a middle school principal and he's like really sweet seeming. But he's also, like, a pastor and, like, deeply believes in the Bible. But he has, like, tattoos. I don't know. And then the woman that he chooses, I do, I'm like, I do feel like they really love each other. And he's, like, really sweet. And he's constantly asking what she needs. He's, like, pulling out chairs for her. And she's constantly telling him how grateful she is she met him. Like, I am kind of rooting for them. I'm scared to find out that they may believe gay people can't be together. Right. But they do seem to really love each other. Everyone else, I'm like. I'm rooting for, as always, I'm rooting for a lot of the women, but the men, I mean, there's comments being made about, like, I, if you gained weight, I would tell you to go to the gym. Right, right. It's just... This is what makes Joey seem like he should be running for president. Like, this is what makes Joey look like, not, you know, not to name one of your Irish icons, but like a Kennedy. Honestly, though, and, like, he is just as good, if not better than them. Like, all politicians have always sucked. Like, I'm like, Joey would do a better job than any of them. I literally would vote for Joey. I'm not kidding. Like, I would vote for Joey. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, I would vote for Joey. Green Party? Joey for the Green Party? I'm voting. Joey? And he runs with Jill Stein. I vote for them. I have... And by the way, his mom voted for... No, his mom voted Marion Williamson. I'm not kidding. And I would I would support that. Joey and his mom, like... I feel like Marion Williamson's heart is in the right place. Therefore, Joey's mom's heart is in the right, right place. And I'm voting yes on the ballot. Election I love season. I'm voting. I love us. Like, I'm not analyzing. Like the I, I don't want to analyze the strategy because it's so bad. But the heart is in the right place. The heart is in the right place. And, and by the way, suddenly election season's sounding a little more exciting. So let's tune in. Okay, guys, girls, everyone listening. Put your hands in the center and let's huddle and let's say we are going to care about this election season and let's do it. We're going to watch. We're going to watch. I love you, Devin. Love you, Carol. Is this so long? Oh, my God. It kind of is. All I ever wanted was a little love. I want true Oh
Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.